Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me now on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. What is this? A second OTB episode in as many days? Could your ears be deceiving you? No, it's true. I've had a surge of energy and productivity along with the fact that I'll be packing for my vacation and starting it in the next 24 hours, so I figured I'd better jump on this opportunity now. I was also inspired by a couple of events that transpired in the last 12 hours. One was my producer on Speak for Yourself, a diehard Golden State Warriors fan, asking me at one point during our show, so, you're still not worried about Steph? Meaning Steph Curry, of course. For those who might not have been paying attention, Steph has been in a bit of a slump lately. At least for him. January has been disastrous so far. After three games, he is averaging 17 points and shooting 26% from three-point range and 27% overall. Not exactly what you would expect from the self-proclaimed greatest shooter of all time, with which I agree. Even his shooting, uh, free throw shooting has dipped to 85%, uh, which sounds still outstanding and is, but we're talking about a career 90% shooter from the line. After a thoroughly underwhelming performance against Dallas, five for 24, one for nine from long range, his five dimes offset by five turnovers and scoring only nine in a 17-point loss, Coach Steve Kerr sat him against the New Orleans Pelicans and he was listed on the injury list as having a quad injury. Now, when my producer said what he said, I admonished him for being an alarmist. It's two games, I told him, because... Steph actually shot okay in a win over the Utah Jazz on the 1st of January, making 
6 of 12 from deep for 28 points. I think it was 8 for 18 overall. I told my producer, don't be one of those fans. Alarmist, overreacting to two games, essentially. The other event that impacted me, though, and inspired this podcast is that I watched a video of Dr. Chow, a former NFL team doctor, And he was discussing what he saw of Antonio Brown, the former Tampa Bay Buck wide receiver, in his game against the New York Jets before, I'm sure you've seen it, before he stripped down to his game pants and trotted off across the field during the game, waving at the fans and all this after having a disagreement with uh, his head coach, Bruce Arians, about his ability to play on an injured ankle. Or at least that's what Antonio says the dispute was about. Antonio not having the highest credibility and Bruce Arians being like most head football coaches and reluctant to disclose disclose any more about a situation with a player than he absolutely has to. It's clear there's more to this story than has been told at this point and we will wait to hear. The text conversations the two had leading up to the game that Antonio decided to make public make it pretty apparent that there's more to the story. Even if those text messages don't necessarily reveal what Antonio suggests that they do. In any case, Dr. Chow showed video of the pass routes that Brown ran in the game before deciding he couldn't play anymore. And Dr. Chow said he could tell by the way Brown pushed off the ankle that it was not healthy and that he was favoring it. He also suggested the kind of routes that the Buccaneers called for Brown to run, that they were looking for ways to get him the ball that wouldn't require him to put undue stress on the ankle, which I thought was incredibly insightful. I thought it was also accurate. Now, what Dr. Chow saw probably wasn't detectable to the average fan's eye. It's not like it jumped off the screen. I had to watch the video more than once to pick up on it. And even then, I thought I saw what he was talking about. It was that subtle. But in the super fast world of professional sports, there's no question that what he detected would be enough to be the difference from, say, being a playmaker to simply being a possession receiver, especially for a receiver of Antonio's size. He's listed as 6'2 and 185 pounds. His speed and his agility are what make him elite, along with his hands. Calvin Johnson, the former Detroit Lions wide receiver, for example, was 6'5", 237 pounds. Michael Irvin was 6'2", but he was 207 pounds. Julio Jones, 6'3", 220. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. I'd say that they are the best three best receivers in the game right now and all are around the same height but at least 15 to 20 pounds stockier than AB and then I thought about Steph and what I saw watching him against the Dallas Mavericks and how I saw very clearly the same thing going on with him that Dr. Chow saw so clearly with AB now I have the benefit, I've watched Steph up close his entire career. I also have watched basketball players far more than I have football players. So, 
in the case of Steph, I've seen him from courtside practically his entire career, thanks to my sideline work. I've watched his game evolve from a guy who had to learn how to finish at the rim among the trees and then had to develop a desire and willingness to consistently score with an array of shots in the mid-range and all of that to keep defenders off balance and guessing enough to consistently get off his bread and butter, which is obviously the three-pointer. Now, I didn't know exactly what Steph was dealing with against Dallas. I just knew it was something. I knew he wasn't right. I suspected it was a leg issue and why he was wearing a compression legging on one leg because of the way he moved. He was playing measured, not with the same frenetic start and stop, abrupt change of direction, hesitation, then explosion that we've become accustomed to. The abrupt change of direction, hesitation, and explosion that creates the airspace he needs to get off his shot because, much like A.B., he is slightly built. In fact, he's exactly like A.B., 6'2", 185 pounds. At least that's what he's listed as. He looks a bit heavier than I've seen him in previous seasons. Not bad weight by any means, just stockier, stronger. But bottom line is, he's still 6'2", which is on the small side when it comes to the NBA. And it's not as if he wasn't trying the same moves and changes the direction against the Mavs. It's just they weren't as sharp or quick. And just by a hair. But for someone Steph's size, that can be the difference between turning defenders into pretzels and having to lean or fade or shoot from a slightly more difficult angle to get the ball up on the rim which is naturally going to affect his shooting efficiency. It's that factor that has been both a source of amazement and concern for me when it comes to Steph. Amazement that he's able to keep his body in such good shape that night after night, season after season, he's been able, he's been able to do all that stopping and starting, keeping his balance and the ball in tow and making it all work. He has to play at a very high effort level in order to do what he does. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now, the concern comes because with all the long seasons and grinding playoff games that he and the Warriors have been through, and Steph now being in his 30s, wear and tear is inevitable. The question becomes, how long can he keep this up? And let's put it this way. If Steph had sustained the kind of back-to-back injuries that Klay Thompson is attempting to come back from, there's very little chance that Steph Curry could be the same. Steph wasn't anywhere close to this Steph when he was having ankle issues early in his career. The combination of surgery and training and special ankle braces 
that allowed him to get past that fragility is what has allowed him to become the player he has become. And it's really a rem- another remarkable aspect or chapter of Steph Curry's story. I don't know if Clay can be what he once was, but his game is not predicated on all that stopping and starting and wizardly ball handling and changing of direction by virtue of the fact that he's 6'6", 250 pounds, and has a much higher release point on his shot. Clay's still going to be able to shoot it, even if he can't quite move the same way that he has in the past. Combination of his size and his release is going to allow him to do that. Can he defend the same? Can he take people off the dribble the same? Those are the things that we're going to need to see. All this is why I watched Steph push himself to the edge the last two years, and really last year since the year before was so limited, but also why I did not understand why he was even attempting to come back two years ago. But he did. Played played a game. In any case, him continuing to go at it as hard as he did last year just to keep the Warriors relevant, all that filled me with trepidation. Sure, I enjoyed the show as much as anybody, and I marveled at what he was able to do without Clay next to him and Draymond Green not being the same Draymond that we have seen before and we're getting to see once again in stretches now. But I knew that Steph was burning more tread in doing that, and I couldn't help but wonder if it would come back to haunt him if and when the Warriors could put enough around him to once again contend. This, by the way, is the genius of LeBron James, and I mean that sincerely, because I believe it's the secret to his longevity. Not only does he have a major physical advantage, being 6'9 and well over 260 pounds and being as fast as most any guard, at least in the open court, But he has been the ultimate shrewd businessman when it comes to expending his effort and energy. Put in the same situation as Steph last year, there's no way I could see him suiting up every night and going as hard as Steph did. In fact, he's been in that situation and opted to shut it down rather than fight to the bitter end. I'm not wired like that, as I believe most people are not. And it's why at times I've been critical of LeBron. I believe we all, if we've got competitive juices, we can't turn them on and off. Like, they're on. And no matter who it is, you, you want to prove that you're better. Or you want to prove that you, what, what you want to do to whatever degree you can. I, I respect and admire the Stephs and the Larry Birds and Michael Jordans and the Derrick Roses all of whom have played when they weren't close to 100% and in situations where their team didn't necessarily have a shot at winning a title. As my commentary has reflected, I respect all those guys because I understand and appreciate their mindset. But it's also why LeBron has been able to achieve what he has. So I've come around to, if not outright admiring his approach, accepting that his calculating approach has served him well, maybe better than the approach of those other players I mentioned. 
in not trying to be as tough and relentless in all circumstances, a case can be made that he's been smarter or at least shrewder. Now, what has annoyed me to no end are the suggestions that Steph is not a clutch scorer or can't dominate the way that LeBron has because of instances where Steph tried to be the same old Steph when he clearly wasn't. The 2016 Finals is the biggest example. Steph sprained his knee in the first round that year against the Houston Rockets, playing only two of the five games in that series, and only two of the six games in the subsequent series against the Portland Trailblazers. Now, he still wasn't right in the conference finals against the Thunder, but he did play all seven games, as he did in the finals that year against the Cavs. But he wasn't Steph as we know him. Steph at his best. And the surest sign was when he got ISO'd against Kevin Love. Someone Steph would have normally put in a blender. Someone that the defense, Cavs, whoever, would have come over and immediately doubled Steph. It wouldn't have left him out there. It wouldn't have left Kevin Love out there on an island. But in that instance, he couldn't get his shot off. Now, the mental toughness required to try to do what you normally do, to deliver what you normally deliver, when you know that you can't move the way you need to be able to move, and at 6'2 and 185 pounds, knowing you don't have another option, like backing someone down or catching in the mid post and shooting turnaround, something Jordan, Kobe, I mean, any of the other guys that I've named, would all have to turn to because they had the length and the strength to create the necessary space to get their shot off and could do so while operating largely from a stationary position, something that KD and LeBron will be able to do until they're 40 if they so choose. Steph doesn't have that option. But I don't see that as some sort of weakness or failing. It's simply reality, a reality that he's had to overcome consistently. It's a physical reality. And yet, Steph has never stopped trying to overcome it, even when he's physically impaired with his mental toughness, hoping that he could still get his defender off balance just enough to get off his shot and deliver. But as I said, I understand that's me. That may not be you. That may not be most people. I'm okay with that. But all of this is why, for as well as the Warriors have played getting out of the gate, their chances of being the last team standing or being the team they've been when April and May roll around, and I mean the team that they've been as in either a championship caliber team or the team that we've seen them be to this point so far, all of that is far from guaranteed. Because Steve Kerr and the Warriors have to play the long game. And Steph isn't the only one they need to make sure reaches the finish line in something close to tip-top shape. Andre Iguodala has to get there, and he's already nursing a knee injury. Klay Thompson has to regain whatever form he can after two years away and two devastating injuries. Draymond Green has to be what he's been so far. And yes, they have some younger pieces in Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, but they've never had to perform those two, night after night, 
on the kind of stage that a run to the finals consists of. A stage that does not allow for mental lapses or off nights or inconsistent efforts. This will be their first taste of that if the Warriors are able to get there. And there's usually a learning curve for players when they reach that stage for the first time. Simply guys who get to the playoffs for the first time, they may not even get out of the first round. They will tell you how exhausting it is, how much harder it is in every way. And that takes both physical and mental conditioning to get adjusted to that. You saw it with KD and Westbrook and Harden in Oklahoma City. And I dare say all three of them are bigger talents than Poole and Wiggins. Only my SFY producer or some other diehard Warriors fan would try to argue otherwise on that. Now, what I appreciate about Steph, and always will, is that he won't ever stop trying. I'm confident in saying that after watching him all these years, I'm confident in saying that after watching him on the bench in the final minutes against the Dallas Mavericks, clearly thinking over all the shots he missed and the plays he was unable to make as Luka Doncic, using his 6'7", 230-pound frame to get the looks he wanted to lead the Mavs. There was frustration on Steph's face, shook his head a couple times, and, and then it was as if a switch was thrown. And the look of frustration turned into one of resolve, right there on the bench. And Steph went from shaking his head to nodding his head, as if he'd had some sort of epiphany or reached some understanding with himself. And maybe it was that it's January, and this game, this performance, is not going to decide the Warriors' fate. Maybe it was that he'd felt like this before, and reminded himself of that fact, that with his ankles early or his sprained knee in 2016, and that he'd eventually found his way past it and back to a place where he could be the Steph that he and the Warriors wanted and needed him to be. And that, if he'd done it then, there was every reason to believe he could find his way to being that Steph again when it truly mattered. That's why I'm not about to count him out no matter how long this current slump may last. Why the long game may still work out at least one more time for the Warriors. Why I believe that. Because it has before. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said, I am heading out on vacation and... I may get a wild hair. There may be something that happens. Maybe Clay Thompson's return, which is anticipated to be this weekend, or something else happens that I will do a rough version of a podcast from my locale. I'm not going to take my usual microphone and all the equipment, but there are ways to do a rough, rough cut version, if you will, and there's a possibility that I may do one next week. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, I'm out for a week. I will be back after that. And then I'll be in for the long run as we move into the rest of the NBA season, including All-Star Weekend. In the meantime, as always, 
Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.